following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, Christian Life Austin. It's good to see you today in your homes. <laughs> we are coming to you from the stage of Christian Life Austin. We're doing this online today because of the inclement weather. I don't know if I've ever seen weather like this in Austin. In fact, I saw on the news the other day that it happened again like this before in 1989. And here we are in 2021. And I didn't come to Austin until 1990. So it's my first encounter of this kind of weather. But we come to you loving you today and wanting you to understand we're trying to protect you, keep you off the road. We don't want what happened in Fort Worth the other day, that huge pile up. We pray for the families that lost members of their families in those wrecks up there and plus what we had in North Austin the other day. And so it's very easy when rain or sleet comes and it's low temperatures that we can get icy conditions and it would be very difficult to stay on the highway. So we ask you to stay home today and we sent out word to, for you to stay home today and we're gonna to come to you with the gospel today. Just tune in and uh, let's have church right there where you are. I'm talking today from the subject that I will call simply John 3.16 and us. John 3.16 and us. The cartoon Peanuts has been in newspapers for years the author of that delightful comic strip, Charles Schultz, died sometime back, about 1999. But the comic was so powerful and amusing that newspapers have simply reran the comic of the past. In one of Peanuts' comic strips, Lucy says to Schroeder, the boy she is hopelessly in love with, guess what? If you don't tell me that you love me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold my breath until I pass out. <laughs> Looking up from the piano, Schroeder says, breath holding in children is an interesting phenomenon. It could indicate metabolic disorder. A 40 milligram dose of vitamin B6 twice a day might be helpful. I think that's probably it. You need vitamin B6. And you might also consider eating more bananas and avocados and beef liver beef liver. And he goes back to his piano and Lucy sighs and she says, I ask for love and all I get is beef liver. That's funny to me. Today's Valentine's Day. I do hope you all have received something from someone that lets you know that you are special. If not, as pastor of this blessed church, let me tell you today, all persons listening today are very special, so special, and loved, really loved. That includes even the grumpy people. You're loved. Legend has it that Valentine, the name Valentine, was a priest who served during the third century Rome. There was an emperor that, at that time by the name of Claudius II, and emperor, emperor Claudius decided that single men made better soldiers than those who were married. So he outlawed marriage for young men in hopes of building stronger military. Valentine decided that this decree wasn't fair and chose to marry young couples secretly. And when the Emperor Claudius found out about Valentine's actions, he had him put to death. Another legend 
has it that Valentine was imprisoned and fell in love with the jailer's daughter. Before he could be put to death, he sent the first Valentine himself when he wrote her a letter and signed it, Your Valentine. Words that are still used today from the smallest child to the oldest adult, Your Valentine. We may never know the true identity of St. Valentine, but this much is true. Valentine's Day ranks second only to Christmas in the number of greeting cards sent. Florists do very well in this time also, as some of you men and women know, as well as chocolate and strawberry vendors. Oh, that's my favorite. That's neat. The two biggest greeting card holidays are both known for loving and forgiving. So I see this day as the most expressive love day of the year. Christmas is gift giving. It says love with a gift. Valentine's Day says love with an expression. And every day Jesus was on earth was a Valentine Day for someone, somewhere, somehow. A day of expression to all kinds of people, to the poor, to the sick, to the hurting, to the brokenhearted, to the captives, to the blind, and yes, to the oppressed, because God is love. We know this, and we have felt his love. And John said in his first chapter in the book of John, and that God manifest himself in flesh and came and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. You know, so many preach and teach that Jesus was hard, that he was unapproachable, that he was aloof. And they use these few places where he did have to stand and be strong. But that was usually with the religious groups that didn't accept him anyway. He loved the children. He loved the hurting. And he loved people. But if someone needed a loving touch, such as the widow of Nain, ask her, was Jesus unapproachable? Or the woman at Tyre and Sidon who had a daughter that was vexed with the spirit, was he mean-spirited to her? Or the man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, was Jesus aloof to him? Or the demoniac at Gadara in Mark 5, was he a man with no compassion to him? Ask Mary and Martha at Bethany, when he came to raise Lazarus from the dead, was he inconsiderate? No, 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 never. They got back things that were lost in their life. Literally, an expression of love turned their world around. Happy Valentine's Day, folks, to all. For Jesus, Jesus is our true Valentine to our lives and to our hearts today. Love is a powerful need in people's life. Let me say it again. Love is a powerful need in people's life. A few years back, one psychiatrist wrote, in my practice, people sometimes ask me what psychiatry is all about. To me, the answer is very clear. Almost every emotional problem can be summed up in one particular bit of behavior. It's a person walking around screaming, these words, for pity's sake, love me, love me, that is all. I just want to be loved. He goes through 
a million different manipulations to get somebody to love him. That was the very need that motivated God to send Jesus, the Son of God, to the cross. And John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God knew we need somebody to say, I love you. I really do love you. One of the most powerful messages I ever heard or seen has been a picture of Jesus on a cross with the caption beneath declaring, Jesus said, I loved you this much. And then he stretched out his arms and he died. He's our Valentine today. The books in our Bible haven't always had chapters and verse editions and divisions. Somewhere during the Middle Ages, someone realized it would be easier to study the Bible by making chapters and verses. And it was divided in a way that people could locate specific sections of any book. So I'm not sure if it's a quirk of Scripture or if God deliberately led the people who originally put chapter and verse divisions in the Bible. But John 3.16 is also written in the first epistle of John. John had three more epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John when he was living in Ephesus. 1st John 3.16 is almost a mirror image of John 3.16. Here it is, 1st John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Remember, for God so loved the world, this is how we know God's kind of love Jesus laid down his life for us. And then John adds, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We need to be that kind of person to others. Why should we do that? Lay down our lives for our brothers because Jesus laid down his life for us. Now, this is obviously an important point for John because he dwells on the subject for several verses in the epistle. But why is it so important? First of all, it's important to John because that's not how you and I used to live. We didn't live that way before we found our Valentine, Jesus Christ. Look again at 1 John 3 and 12. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. This Bible teaches that even the nicest person has a selfish streak just below the surface. I want to tell you a little cute story. It's kind of like a story I read about a zoo that housed a lion and a monkey in the same cage. Yeah, you heard me. A lion and a monkey was in the same cage. And a visitor marveled at this and asked, how do they get along? And the zookeeper responded, well, usually it's, they get along all right. It's okay. But occasionally they have a disagreement and then we have to get a new monkey. <laughs> what was the zookeeper saying? He was saying that things were generally going to be okay until the lion began acting like a lion. Common sense tells us unless lions can be made to stop acting like lions, that the zoo was either going to need a good supply of new monkeys or they'd have to stop putting those monkeys in the cage with the lions. That's a powerful story, well stated by whoever wrote it. 
A small boy and his sister were reading old letters they found in, an, in the trunk of an attic. And the boy said to his sister, you know, these aren't the names that our parents and our kinfolks call each other now. They've changed how they've talked to one another. In the book of Isaiah chapter 11, there is a powerful story about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the thousand years that he will reign and rule in this earth. And it speaks of a holy mountain. And it speaks of a, a wolf that would dwell beside a lamb. And a leopard would lay down with a kid goat. And a calf with a young lion. And a cow and a bear would feed their young together. And the lion would eat straw like an ox. And a sucking child would play on the hole of a snake. And a weaned child would put his hand on a spider's den. And there will be no hurt, the Bible said, in all my holy mountain. When we experience the love of God, we must change from the Cain nature to the Jesus nature. We must keep the change. We can't go back to that old way. And that's what Valentine's Day tells us. We can't go back to living to hurt and to bruise and to offend and to bother people wrongly. We must keep the change of loving people the way Jesus loved people. And in your own home right now, you need to clap your hands to that and say, thank you, pastor, for that today. Now, why would John warn us not to be like Cain? Why? Because we used to be like Cain. That's why before we knew him. That's the type of world we grew up in, the Cain world. That's the kind of example that others set for us, the Cain example. And that was the kind of response that would have come naturally to us. We were made from dust and we would act like Cain more than we would act like the creator. And Paul writes, Titus in Titus chapter three, at one time, we too were foolish. We too were disobedient. We too were deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. And John uses an example of Cain because Cain was a slow burn type of guy. No, he wasn't hot tempered. He was a slow burn because God said to Cain in Genesis four and six, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? You know what, folks? Cain had not said anything, but God could tell how Cain felt just by looking at him. Cain didn't say much, but eventually his anger built until he took his brother's life. Most of us are slow burners just like Cain was. And if we allow ourselves to think like Cain did, we can get angry about people and how they have treated us. And we replay the incident in our mind over and over again. In fact, if we think someone will listen, we'll reply, we'll replay the incident for them. But we're not just retelling the story. We relive the story and we, we are refeeling the emotions and the pain and the hurt of the rage. I once read about a teacher who was known for his elaborate object lessons. And one day when his students came to class, they saw a big, big target hanging on the wall, a number of darts on the nearby table. And the teacher told the students to draw a picture of someone that they disliked or someone who had made them angry. And he would allow them to throw darts at that person's picture that day. And one girl drew a picture of a girl that had stolen her boyfriend. And another student 
drew a picture of his little brother. He must have drove him crazy. Still another drew a picture of the teacher. A girl drew a picture of the male teacher that she had, and she was very detailed in her drawing. And when they were all finished, the teacher hung up their pictures one at a time over the target. And the class lined up and began to laugh and enjoy themselves as they threw their darts at their particular picture of dislike. And some of the students drew their, threw their darts with such force that the targets were ripping apart. Finally, as the class was nearing an end, the teacher and the students had the students take their seats and then he began to remove the underlying target from the wall. And the one over which the students had hung the pictures they had drawn, underneath that target was a picture of Jesus Christ, a picture of Jesus. A complete hush fell over the room as each student viewed in the mangled picture of Jesus, holes and jagged marks covering his face and even his eyes had been pierced out. The teacher then said only these words, insomuch have you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me in Matthew 25 and verse 40. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives and wives your husbands. I want to I wanna close commenting on John's writings about love. Thomas Akempis summed it up in these words, whoever loves much does much. Whoever loves much does much. Can I stop and just say that I have never preached Jesus as my Valentine, but he was, he was a wonderful high priest. He came, he loved us. He showed us his love by healing us. He showed us his love by giving us life. He showed us his love by giving us his teaching. But then he really showed his love when he died for us, was buried and rose again. He laid down his life for us. And so today, I think it would just be very appropriate, very apropos, if we could just get a hold of the love that he had, not the desire to destroy that Cain had, but the love that Jesus had for us. A preacher once told how much he admired his mother because he saw how she loved. And he told of a time as a boy when he, when he found her sitting at the table with an old tramp, an old boy that was just sleeping alone by himself back in the day when they called him that. Apparently she had gone shopping and met the tramp along the way and invited him home for a warm meal. And during the conversation, the tramp said, I wish there was more people like you in the world, ma'am. Whereupon his mother replied, oh, there are. There are, but you have to look for them. And the old man simply shook his head and said, but lady, I didn't need to look for you. You looked for me and you found me. Then the preacher closed with this question. Has he found you? Has he found you? Let me say today, that even though we're enclosed in our homes and we're not having in-church church, you can feel and know the presence and the blessings of God in your life by the word that's been spoken to you today. And please understand this, please understand this. The only thing that casts out fear, 
is love. Perfect love cast out fear. You need to fall in love with Jesus. We have gone through a 2020 and now we've got this weather restriction probably until next week sometime. But we need to fall in love with Jesus. I don't know if we'll ever get back to normal. I don't know that. But I do know one thing, that Jesus will always be what he's always been. Because he said, I am the Lord and I change not. If he loved back in the biblical days, he loves in our days. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I give you my Valentine wish today. Embrace Jesus' love and let him love you like only he can. Would you bow your heads and let me bless you. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord, I bless our church wherever they may be today. God, I trust they're not in hospitals. I trust that they're not in some kind of bad condition physically. But I pray, Lord, that their hearts and their spirits will be touched by your love and your sweetness to them today because you really are our Valentine. You really are, Jesus. There's nobody like you. And I thank you, Jesus, because you have blessed Christian Life Austin. I thank you for blessing other churches in this town. I thank you, Lord, for blessing people all over America and around the world that love your great name and your great cause. Thank you for that. Now, God, I bless our people. I bless fathers. I bless mothers. I bless parents. I bless children. I bless them in homes today. And may those homes be ripe and rich with the love of Jesus Christ. May a glow of glory be in every home. Put glory on every house. Put comfort in every home. Put spirit, Lord, in every life. And let people understand that we have a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. We have a Savior. And I love you. May the favor of God be upon you this week. May the glory of God shine on you. May his face and his grace be upon you. And may you know that whether you're in the city or in the country, whether you're rising up or laying down, whether you're at work or at home, that his grace will be with you and comfort and guide and direct and keep you this year, this week. I love you. God bless you. You're awesome people. And we'll see you, hopefully, on Wednesday night. May the favor of God rest and reside with you. Have a great, great Sunday. God bless. Thank you.